Hello, this is George Romero, and you're listening to Deep in the Horror of Texas. Time to settle in for another episode of Deep in the Horror of Texas with your hosts, Aaron, Jeff, and Nathan. You gotta be fucking kidding. All right, ladies and gentlemen, breaking news. It seems that the dead have arisen from the grave. They're walking our streets, flooding our alleyways. They're coming to get you. Our National Guard is out there doing the best that they can. The Army, the Navy, the Marines, they're out there. They're fighting for your lives. But it seems that we're not winning. So please, stay inside. Lock your doors. Close your windows. And keep yourself a good helping of deep in the horror of Texas. This is Aaron. This is Jeff. I don't want to hear any more from you, mister. <laughs> if you stay up here, you're going to take orders from me. And that includes leaving Jeff alone. This is Nathan. <laughs> you yo-yos. Bunch of yo-yos. <laughs> so, by that, you can tell we're actually... Doing our new series, we're going to be discussing some zombie flicks. We're going to go through all the uh, classic Romero, Night of the Living Dead <laughs> trilogy. Great pause there. Um, well, well, it's just fun because we went ahead and decided to tag on. We're going to do the uh, Night of the Living Dead and the uh, the remake, the 1990 Tom Savini remake too. So we're going to tag team. A lot of Ramiro's work with the uh, uh, some of the recent uh, remakes, which uh, we thought would be fun. Yes, so uh, we thought it would be fun <laughs> to do that series. Is yeah, Nimoy here? Like, wait, what? Yeah, oh, that's, that's Shatner, Nimoy, <laughs> Shatner. Yeah, sorry, yeah. same difference. <clears throat> no, one's one's dead, one's not. Nimoy's not. dead. Nimoy's dead. No, I'm saying. Oh, no, never mind. <laughs> so in Shatner's ni- waist is. <laughs> so in 1968, um, a young man by John A. Russo and George A. Romero wrote um, a screenplay for what would later be called Night of the Living Dead. Uh, John A. Russo goes on to be the unsung hero in my eyes to a lot of these things because he went off to write Night of the Living Dead and a follow-up sequel called Return of the Living Dead, which is nothing um, like the Dan O'Bannon uh, film that we uh, we all love and adore, but it's uh, a night th- uh, a cool thing to note. You know, I mean, the next time you're in your half price books, uh, you know, give that shelf an extra look just to make sure because it is truly a diamond in the rough if you do come across it. Um, For which one, night or return? Return. Oh yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's a rare, rare paperback. Uh, at the, at like at the TFW that we came back a few weeks ago from, uh, one of the ladies was saying that uh, Romero has like harbors like some ill will toward the cast of uh, return because of that movie. Yeah. He was in that. So like, yeah, they were saying that, uh, that's awkward sitting next to him because he would, he would be nice to him, but then he would just be cold when they were trying to talk to him. So I don't blame him. I don't either. I mean, it's to me, it's a better movie, but we're here to talk about Romero. Yeah. And with Night of the Living Dead in 1968, he pretty much, he creates something that there are very few of, um, back then, 
1968, you didn't have films that de- uh, depicted that kind of um, um, violence. Uh, mm-hmm. Then, and also having your main actor be of uh, you know African African American uh, lead actor, which is uh, unheard of back then in 1968 to give that yeah. your male lead, which is uh, fucking just shows you the the originality that Romero had from from the get go, and uh, I guess we can go into the stories of like how we first saw the fucking film. Uh, when I first saw it, it was, uh, it was unique because I went to a small thrift store, what we would call a dollar general here nowadays. It was, uh, known as Ben Franklin, uh, back when I was growing up and I was probably way too young <laughs> to Wait be a, minute. a dollar store, a dollar general store called Ben Franklin. Yeah. It was, That's our, really it, was overshooting. it was our thrift store, uh, here in, in, in my neck of the woods when I was growing up. And what was cool is they had these, uh, $4 video cassettes. And one of them happened to be um, the black and white Night of the Living Dead. And I bought it, and I watched it. And I think I'd never watched a movie so much before that film. I mean, I think I would just run out the rewinder just watching Night of the Living Dead over and over and over and over again. And it was really because of Dwayne Jones. Uh, the lead actor is just so charismatic. The way he handles the situation. I mean, you really pull for the guy down to the very uh, last scene. And... Uh, yeah, I think that just started my uh, one of my you know first loves for the the horror film genre. But uh, I don't know. What about you guys? When was the first time y'all saw uh, Night of Living Dead? Yeah. <laughs> me? Okay, yeah, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> Point at me. Um, yeah, I've never seen it. Huh? I'm fucking. <laughs> no, fucking. Of course, I, I missed that um, one. No, I fucking. Ah, <laughs> please. I'd, I think it was uh, Joe Bob Briggs, uh, Monster Vision. Up all night. Oh, yeah. No, nah, it wasn't Ron Shear. No, the Monster Vision was uh, up all night. Gotcha. Yeah, TNT USA, conflicting network. <laughs> um, no, fucking, uh, I believe it was Joe Bob Briggs. That's nine, ten, ten years old around there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember hearing about this movie. My my brothers were into it. My My cousins were into it. Everybody had seen it, but no one would show me it because I was so fucking young. So finally, I, I secretly taped it, <laughs> taped the showing and watched it uh, late at night. And it fucking scared the shit out of me. But it, there was something alluring about it. Like, I just kept watching it. Like, I think this is where I fell in love with black and white films. I know you don't like them uh, a lot, but fuck. Like, after this, I I went back and watched all the old classic horrors and all the black and whites? Yeah, dude. I mean, I went on a tirade. I couldn't get enough black and white movies for some reason. And then, um, fuck. So, yeah, it, it made a real big impression on my mind. It was ahead of its time, and the ending shocked me so bad. It was just like, wait, what? Like, I just had to keep rewinding it and mm-hmm. watching it. But, yeah, it was, it was a fucking intriguing one, man. So, I don't know what else to say about it other than that. We'll get into it, but. Aaron? Uh, with me, uh, I saw the remake before I saw the original. And what happened was when I went to go, I went to the local video store, the blockbuster would always have like the movies for sale whenever, I guess, it went past its prime or it wasn't renting out anymore. They would mm-hmm. try to sell it. I saw it and I thought it was the remake, but I ended up buying the original instead and watching it. And shocker, black and white. I'm like, this isn't it. But still, I was intrigued and I saw it all the way through. And I thought it was really good. And that's what kind of got me with the... Uh, the effects they used for black and white cinema versus what Savini did with uh, the remake. But yeah, I saw it and I was hooked with the original and 
damn, it's it's just awesome. The lead actor, amazing. And uh, since then, I've always that Romero has kind of been one of my favorite directors uh, since the black and white version. So yeah, it's, that that got me hooked. It's a beast, man. One thing I'd like to clear up: everybody always says George Romero created the zombie genre, and that's not necessarily true. He didn't coin the word. Uh, it was actually kind of used loosely in Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, but the very first incarnation on film was White Zombie. Yeah, uh, Bell Lugosi. Well, in the movie, he called they, they're called ghouls. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, they never use zombie. Yeah, they never use the term zombie. They're they're called ghouls. It wasn't until uh, Return of the Living Dead that they actually referred to them as zombies because yeah. it referenced the Romero movie. But that's just you know us fans obviously knowing what zombies are. That's zombie, but yeah, I those mean, aren't your typical zombies, there, buddy. Uh, uh, white zombie pre predated this, and uh, Ed Wood's Plan Nine from Our. We're talking Space. about the movie, not the the group. Run by a famed director, Rob Zombie. Who? Exactly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I like the idea was that when they were talking about the script, um, they ran the ideas of, like, how do we make these ghouls or zombies uh, unique? And that's when they came up with the idea to throw that uh, cannibalistic um, agenda to the, mm-hmm. the characters. And then to think, I mean, that was just a perfect marrying of ideas i mean i was just like wow yeah yeah let's do that you know like let's create zombies that feed mm-hmm. on human flesh that just sounds like perfect and when you see it in the film and you see them uh attacking the characters that blow up in the uh the truck and stuff like that it was just like wow i mean well, i mean being almost 50 years later look at the evolution of the creature known as a zombie or the ghoul hasn't gotten very far just different iterations, depending on how you look at well, it. Well, yeah, like 22, 22 20, days 20, later. 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20 days later, still, it's a rage virus. It's yeah. a virus. Zombies. Dawn To remake. some extent, I guess. The running zombie, the, the brain zombie. Uh, World War Z, I think, is taking yeah. the furthest. Well, just like weird. And then the Walking Dead zombies. Yeah, it's... Yeah. But I like the World War Z idea because it doesn't placate to the ideas of what most zombie films stick to. Because they talk about the actual fungus that has been seen on ants that caused them to act like kind of what you see in World War Z, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting because it's like kind of tied into um, what uh, Naughty Dog did with Last of Us. It's like they actually took something that is bacterial and does exist in our Earth today, but they kind of just expand on it. Isn't and, it like the movie Shrooms? Yeah. Well, okay. kind of, yeah. Well, you know the zombie virus, actually, I was watching... Uh, uh, I love science. Uh, one of their YouTube videos, and it's uh, a countdown of ten dystopian futures that could happen. Mm-hmm. And the zombie virus is actually number one because all it is is it's rabies minus one one uh, one of the genes. No, it reanimate fucking. No, it doesn't reanimate, <laughs> but it would be like the rage virus. Oh, okay, like gotcha. you'd just be uncontrollable. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's more of a twenty days later. Yeah, type pretty of virus. much. Okay. But you'd be. The only way to put you down because you'd have so much adrenaline. Mm-hmm. Like you hear the like the cop shows. Like well, I shot him fifteen times. He was full of PCP and he wouldn't go mm-hmm. down. And like your adrenaline glands just open. Yeah, or, like the bath salt situation. I mean, it's like. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's like. Uh, yeah, we're on that edge where we could easily see that kind of catastrophe happen mm-hmm. on the news mm-hmm. one day. But it's like the rabies virus. If they bite you, you're infected with it now. So yeah. That would like, suck. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. The, the number one from the science uh, channel. 
thing that I watch all the time. This so. is whenever Cujo becomes a tr- story of truth. I think it's cool that they got the entire idea of this from a movie that came out, you know, 50 years later, but they got it from the book, I Am Legend, the whole zombie theme. Yeah. And that, they took that story and they're like... Omega Man or I Am, or I am Legend? I Am Legend. Yeah, Tim, um, something Mathis. I don't know. Fuck it. <laughs> um, Richard Matheson. Richard Matheson. Thank you. Um, what always blew me away is the uh, the simplicity that Romero had for this film of just a, a brother and sister going to visit a mother's grave, and the escalation for the uh, the female's character. It was just genius. It was a way of bringing you into something so you know uh, relatable. Well, and then escalate to the point to the point where you're like sheer terror. It starts off very innocent with them, you know, visiting a gravesite, and then it's the bickering between the brother and sister yeah. that always gets me because it was like you know she doesn't, the brother doesn't take as much He's such a interest dick. to the situation. Yeah. Yeah. They're coming to get you, Barbara. She's picking. They're he's picking on to her. Get you. But uh, the escalation is just awesome, especially just taking. Right there from the cemetery. Yeah, it, it, it's the the movie starts pretty much immediately with, you know, the shit that hits the ha- that shit the shit that hits the fan. It's almost imminent, versus with you know with the slow build up with other movies that you have to wait for it to happen. This one's pretty instant, and uh, that's what kind of got me into the first one. I mean, well, when I saw the the remake, but then going back to the original, uh, oh yeah, it's right away you're you're dragged in it, and then that's where it starts. Uh, Barbara's character, she frantically tries to escape the first zombie from the cemetery. I mean, from the car being wrecked, the keys not being there. I mean, everything gets her to that house, and then from the house, everything is just worsens. Mm-hmm. And then when you get introduced to Dwayne Jones' uh, character as Ben, it's just, I don't know. I mean, for the good 37 minutes of the film, you're not really introduced to the people in the cellar. No. So it's like a whole other kind of movie, uh, a la... Uh, from Dust Till Dawn, where your first uh, half of the movie's something else, and then becomes something bigger as you get further along into the plot. Like when you find out there's more survivors, like like a Diary of Anne Frank type thing, they're hiding. And which was awesome because I mean, you had more relatable characters <clears throat> thrown into the fray. Yeah. Of uh, you know the horrors that are going on outside the thing because I love when Ben turns to her and says, "There's two outside. I can take care of those. Are there any more?" And uh, and that's. I think that's just awesome. I mean, the way they have to play fort and guard uh, the house and put the wood on the doors and all that stuff, uh, um, the wood on the windows and stuff. Uh, it was just awesome. I don't know. The original Black and White did so many things that uh, that that are very familiar even today, but I'm amazed that they were done so well. It's well, uh, the groundwork for like a lot of cliches now. Like a lot of cliches that are used now in other horror movies or survivor movies take a lot of the aspects from Night of the Living Dead, the black and white. And so that movie set the groundwork and foundation for a lot of other movies that kind of bloom from. And, oh, uh, fuck yeah, it did. I mean, anything from those early days, because making a movie or making a uh, independent film isn't the same nowadays. You no, still not. have to put it through the meat grinder, the MPAA, all this. These guys didn't have to do that. They nope. went out, they originally got like a, I think it was like a $10,000 budget from a company mm-hmm. and they realized that that wasn't even enough. And that company was cool enough to raise like $114,000 wow. so they could do the movie. 
and it's just it's not done this way anymore. No, and that's weird. I wouldn't even think that much money was used for this film because I mean, like the farmhouse was something that the the owner was okay with them using because he was going to demolish it anyway. So they had like carte blanche just to do whatever they wanted yeah. to in the farmhouse. I think it was pretty much for permits. Yeah, per- permits and makeup. Wow. And they said a lot of this stuff like uh, when um, the girl and the guy get burned up in the pickup, they're actually eating um, like um, ham. Uh, the ham and chocolate syrup. Yeah, yeah. They, they said like we didn't even need Bosco the syrup. Yeah, yeah. But they said we didn't even need the fucking makeup because uh, everybody was so pale just from eating that kind of nasty, <laughs> um, um, you know, kind of stuff. It was. Yeah, they're it also was, eating those giant turkey legs. Yeah. Oh, that's when they're like ripping at the bone and shit. It's like yes, <laughs> you'd never know that. <laughs> that's true. But yeah, they they. Uh, I don't. I don't remember who the special effects artist was on this, but I couldn't tell you. He either. did a fucking mm. great job for being the sixty-eight. Yeah. yeah, like mm-hmm. all of them did a great job. Like this movie's fucking iconic for a goddamn reason. To pick a word you use a lot is a uh, man. It must have been gnarly to fucking <laughs> uh, to see this in a drive-in because this is one of the last popular films I think yeah. I read uh, that was like really big on the drive-ins. And I couldn't imagine pulling up to the driveway and seeing this thing, you know, sixty-four feet wide, you know, in a fucking, oh. in a fucking vacant lot. I mean, that was just an awesome villain, and I think that's the lore to the zombie uh, culture is that lore of just, um, yeah. I mean, hordes of zombies. What do you do? I mean, well, yeah, you can go eat a sandwich still, and you know, you don't have to worry about Dracula biting your fucking neck when you go to sleep. But the horde is just, yeah, it doesn't sleep. It's, it's not constant. one, on, it's it's not one on one. It's one on an infinite, like a, a number. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, when you, like, you fight Dracula, it's one on one. When you fight Frankenstein, it's one on one. When you fight Jason, it's one on one. With zombies, it's a mass. You don't let your guard down. Mm-hmm. You can't. I mean, you there. it's kind of like, I would hate to say this, but it's kind of like it follows. It's something that's going to be <laughs> oh, uh, <no. laughs> constant, you know? Jeff's it's you favorite movie. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Dude, it went on sale for like six ninety nine on Amazon. I was still like, nope, not cheap enough. <laughs> Maybe two ninety nine. Like, Jesus, I, I don't know. I, I kind of, I'm curious about the commentary, but haunted herpes needs to pick up. That's me though. But yeah, dude. I mean, the the idea of the constant threat that Ramiro was able to set up in a, such an early black and white film. I mean, it's awesome. But then you realize that the true monsters, as uh, the characters come out of the out of the cellar are really humans themselves. You know, we're our own worst enemies when it comes down to um, perilous situations. I mean, um, to to uh, quote Tony Todd in the remake, it's uh, you can be boss up here. You know, uh, you can be boss down there. I'll be boss up here. It was kind of like that turmoil is just exquisite. And Romero writing that kind of shit in 68 with Johnny Russo was just like, Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was just, that was the shit that took, I mean, that was just, that was more the drama I, I dug more do, than do the think, actual horror. Outside. Do you think Romero's, his, his, uh, line work for that sec for that segment in the movie with Ben up top and the other guy down below was like his kind of, uh, his kind of shot at uh, segregation of course. and breaking the boundaries. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I think everything was always an attack on political situations. I mean, he's always made that clear, which I blindly don't give a shit i enjoy the film mm-hmm. regardless of your political purposes it's like dawn of the dead it's like i don't really see it as an attack on materialism and shit like that i see it as just like a fun zombie film yeah. 
If you look deeper, cool. I'm glad you have that time on your hands. I just like enjoy a good movie. And I think from beginning to end, I think, man, dude, I mean, for what they were able to accomplish, it was like, it was fucking fun. And I hate to keep talking about it, but Dwayne Jones. He was good. Being the lead. He was good. It was such a charismatic character that I thought could never be topped. But as he um, gets into working with Tony Todd with Savini, I was just like, wow. I mean, I didn't think that could that character of Ben could ever be topped. Oh, Tony Todd nailed it, Yeah, dude. he did. I think the screenplay nailed it. And Tony Ooh. Todd just brought it to life. Because, I mean, you have great variables between these two films. of the 68 and the 90. Uh, Barbara is such a catatonic mess throughout the whole fucking film. She's screaming... She just sits there blindly and stares. She's Barbara's character is so frail and weak, but she, uh, Judy O'Day plays it so perfectly mm-hmm. that it's like it's fun to see an actor play such a character, but it's annoying for the audience to sit there and say, "Damn, you know, like I, I wish you would do something." Yeah, do something. she don't just scream and just sit there and blindly go and pine over your brother and stuff. That's one thing I'm glad they fixed in the remake. Uh, mm-hmm. I forget the chick's name, but she plays that for the first like five minutes of the farmhouse, and then bam, she goes in a fucking. Well, no, like that was more midway through. Whenever she gets slapped around, when Tony Todd starts backhanding her like a little bitch. Well, no, that was like right as she got in the farmhouse. The fat farmer dude, and he kills her. Then he goes outside and kills the fucking two outside. And he's like, "Look, bitch! Like, wake up!" Mm-hmm. So it was like 15 minutes into the film, she she woke up. And then she kind of has like a I'm killing too many people kind of a breakdown. Like she remember she like is like just pushing it. She she becomes Alice at the end. What's funny is that was originally in the script in the original George A. Romero script. So I think Savini returned to it for the 90 remake. Well, yeah, George supervised on it. Yeah, because with Judith or Judy, uh, the original character for uh, the actress played Barbara in the original uh, 68. She did such a great job of playing the catatonic character. They changed the script to kind of situate her acting, mm-hmm. I think. Whether that was for better or worse, I have no idea. Well, for that time, it played because Dwayne was the main character, and it worked better for his advantage as an actor to you know coincide with the catatonic girl that he's kind of watching over to try to survive with. And then, of course, well, the ending... The ending happens. Yeah, but with Barbara's character being taken away by her brother, I always saw that as a. I don't know. I don't think we're the right side of feminism during the '68. I guess because because it, it didn't speak true to, you know, trying to. Well, it kind of goes full circle with her brother taking her away at the end. You know, she she arrives with her brother and she leaves with her brother. Yeah. So it kind of went full circle. But uh, all the scenes in the cellar between the the mother and child are just exquisite. I oh, mean, yeah. the spatula, uh, the small hoe scene, all that shit. It was just awesome. Um, yeah, they played such great points to uh, a solid point for the 1968 version. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Have either of you watched the colorization version of this? I rented it out. It's back weird. In the day. Yeah, seeing the, the exaggerated greens and all the other colors, I was yeah. like, like the pastels and flesh it's tones. Very, yeah, yeah, it's just very odd, fucking looking. Uh, it threw me off because I downloaded it, uh, you know, a few weeks back. To I, I just went through George. It, there was a link for George Romero's filmography, and I clicked it, and it was included. And I was like, that's fucking cool. So I fucking went. got about halfway through, and I was like, I. It's Even hard to watch. I, I like the color one, but 
I'm going back to the black and white. Like, well, it, I remember I saw really the DVD good. box art for that, and it looked so photoshopped that it, I just I put it back down. Oh yeah, it's really it's it's, it's just real saturation. Yeah, like, it's it's terrible. I, I know that they did another version of that with uh, with Forbidden Planet, where they color added color to Leslie Nielsen and giving him dark hair, and it just looked it looked so fake that I couldn't buy it. I just put it back down. One of, the, one of the few times I don't buy something that I know it's a good movie, but the colorization just kind of kills it with that type of movie. Yeah, I mean, it's it's neat, but I got to stick it's, with it's originals. It's a cheap gimmick. Yeah. It's a cheap, quick sell gimmick. They did that recently with Plan 9 from Outer Space, yeah, and I was did. just like, what the fuck? Like, this isn't yeah. the movie I know. Ed Wood has got to be black and white, sir. That's kind of... Except I, Orgy of the Dead, the porno he did. Well, I, kind of, I, heard that they, I heard that they want to release like a color version of This Island Earth where they're painting over the black and whites. Mm. And I'm not for that. Keep them them black and white, bitches. (laughs) Um, I guess with the main scenes going on between uh, the the bald guy, Harry, um, between Harry and Ben, that escalates greatly in the original. But, uh, yeah, the way things, everything turns out within all of them, um, I think the biggest shocker was the ending. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, the morning after that that horrible night, uh, and then you could play it to this day and still kind of gulp at the situation because it's like um, Ben coming out of that cellar after you know fending off this massive fucking attack on the house, and uh, you know you think all is clear. He still has his rifle in hand, mm-hmm. and bullets and shit, and you see the sheriff and his fucking goons lurching about, talking about uh, throwing bodies onto a bonfire. And then a guy spots something moving in the house and then take a shot at it, hit him right between the eyes. And then you just see Ben drop. Yeah, I, yeah you see Ben yeah, drop. See him drop. And then you don't see the fucking fucking bullet shot until you see like these weird faux newspaper shots during the credit scenes and you see the bullet shot right between the fucking eyes. And you see him laying dead in the fucking floor of the house. Yeah. And you just kind of gulp it like, man, like, the right. dude did so much yeah, to survive that well, night. If you if you if you haven't seen this movie yet, and you've been a child, like you know, a fan of horror movies, like for a long time, the one thing that's always pretty consistent is that there's always a survivor. There's always a survivor girl, a survivor boy, the couple, or whatever. There's always survivors. Go back and watching this. There's not. This this is one of the few movies that there's no survivors outside of the group that you're. That like that you've grown to care about, that you're rooting for, that you want them to make it. Oh, Barbara didn't survive in this. Nope. Ver- oh man, she got it's pulled out a, the window by her brother. Been a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she got pulled out by the window by her brother. Well, oh, it just shit. it it just shows that like another monster was lurking the whole time. That Ben was kind of like not acknowledged, you know, didn't have the knowledge of, and that was us. And that and that's why I thought it was always like the dark twist that fucking Romero threw in. It's like fuck, dude, we're the we're the monsters, too. You know, like all that kind of crap. And I was like, well, that was fun. That was neat. I mean, it hit you when you're younger. Now you watch it. And like I said, most of these black and white movies, the the pacing's always off to me. Uh, the style of delivering, delivery and, and editing always throws me off. But this one still stands up. It has a lot of strong uh, lighting features. I think Romero really had a strong eye for in this black and white feature, which was fun to revisit because I was like, man, I hadn't seen this in a long time. And having the Blu-ray of it, it helped. Which version do you have of it? Uh, the Blu-ray version. No, but which? I have no fucking idea. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, because I know uh, 
the the angry video game nerd did a cinemasker thing on this with all the different versions that are out there yeah. and it's like the red version blu-ray red is like has everything documentaries oh no this crap. is just the feature bare bones yeah okay yeah because okay. i was like no watch this because we're gonna talk about it i did <laughs> yeah i i was like i've seen this so many times but at the same time like i keep getting it jumbled with the 90s mm-hmm. version because i thought it was like like when I watch the '90s, it's like, oh yeah, this is like a direct shot for shot mm-hmm. remake. So you saw, but the, it's not. <laughs> so you saw the black and white before you saw the '90s. Oh yeah, way okay. before okay. the '90s. Uh, I think I saw Shit, the. I had to have been like eight. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I own Night of the Living Dead black and white when I was like mm-hmm. fucking young as yeah. shit. I had I watched that Monster Vision tape like when I was like nine, <laughs> so I didn't see the remake until I was like fifteen. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, that'd be about '94. I caught the remake when I was on UPN or Channel t- Twenty back then, and I thought it was amazing. And then when I saw the re- when I saw the original, uh, I was I think I was maybe a year or so later that I mm. saw the original. I've never never been a big zombie fan, but like the original George Romero and the remakes of the two, I've always fucking really liked. Like for t- they're really fucking good. the longest time I wouldn't watch Twenty Eight Days or Twenty Eight Weeks Later. I wouldn't watch them. And still to this day, I'm like, yeah, I like 28 weeks a lot better than I like 28 days for some mm-hmm. reason. Uh, I think it's just how it's shot. I like the, I like how it's shot a lot better. But I'm not a not a big zombie hunter. I don't I don't go out of my way to watch a zombie movie. But these, I did go out of my way. <laughs> I fucking re- had to yeah. re- record it in secret in the living room, and you know, <laughs> parents didn't know because they. Didn't want me watching horror movies at that time, but still, I fucking, I always yeah, but, managed to get the Friday mm-hmm. the 13th and get the Freddies and all that. Well, that, well, that was Monster Vision's go-to. It was oh, usually yes. Friday the 13th. Thank you, Monster. Joe, <laughs> Bob, come back with a show, please. Like, by the time I was 14, I think I watched like hundreds of fucking horror films. Oh, yeah, me too, yeah. dude. Um, My best friend, his parents didn't give a fuck. I always stayed the night at his house on the weekends. Like, that was lucky best friend. Because I, I remember like growing up, God, and I watched uh, Savini had like a little video cassette, and it was just all him talking about his growing up and making of you know it's just a, a cool vhs i remember watching that seeing him make uh dawn of the dead and stuff like that or the work he did in maniac mm-hmm. and it was just early shit i used to catch on vhs and it was always like you know i gotta catch the rest of these romero films as i got older and there you go you're 10 you're 11 you're watching dawn of the dead day of the dead you're watching all these films and you're just like fuck dude like when you think of rob boutine boutine and and then savini and mm-hmm. Rick Baker and all these people and they're doing these fucking work. You're like, fuck, dude. I know I was watching American Heart, not American Heart Story, uh, American Werewolf in London, mm-hmm. like way too young. Eleven. Yeah. That's where I saw it. <laughs> dude, it was like, yeah. I had already, you know, like you saw Thriller, but you remember American Werewolf in London because you've seen that before. It was shit like that. It was fun. But uh, yeah, Night of the Dead being a fucking bargain bin fucking VHS when I was growing up was... Uh, do you, a true a, treat. do you have a particular scene in this one that that's that's that sticks out that is better than all the rest? In the movie, I think or? always the the news broadcasting scenes mm-hmm. always takes me because it was a uh, it was fun that Romero shot those to kind mm-hmm. of bring some uh, creative, realistic you know reality to the scenes, some like surrounding world yeah things to it. Yeah, because they always I think the sheriff always called them these things are all messed up. Yeah, they're all these ghouls things. <laughs> things are ghouls. Things. Things. Yeah, I think somebody calls them ghouls. The reporter calls them ghouls. Yeah. The reporter calls them ghouls. But a lot of the times there's mention as the, these things for some reason. I don't know why. 
Yeah, they didn't coin the term. They didn't. No, it's no. never coined as mm-hmm. a zombie yeah. or I think the dead. The dead have arisen, yeah. and then the Undead. ghouls are eating people. Yeah. What about you, Nathan? Favorite scene? Fuck, I've always enjoyed the beginning graveyard scene. Just mm-hmm. the brother being such a fucking <laughs> dick, dude. Like they're going to visit their mom's grave, and he's just like, "We're <laughs> coming to get you, man." Like, yeah, I can't wait till you get it, buddy. But like, that's like, yeah, the first five minutes. But it's always like been one of the scenes that I saw and I saw and I saw and I saw and I saw. Mm-hmm. And I kept seeing that before I even watched the movie. Yeah, and it was like, you know, I remember my dad watching this like way back in the day. I was probably like six, and he was like, "Oh, you can't watch this." And I was like, "Ah, oh, come on!" And it was on that scene, mm-hmm. and it was. It was one that I always see, and whenever I think of it, that's the immediate scene that comes into my head is is that. Like like I said, the farmhouse shit, I get confused with the mm-hmm. 90s now. I've seen them so much, they kind of mesh together. Now the colorization one ain't helping me any. So, <laughs> I bet. Uh, yeah, probably just the Barbara. Barbara. Come to get you. Where she what about you, Aaron? Thing runs through the trees. Uh, I want to say the, the explosion with the, with the truck. Oh, yeah. The, the toasty. Because, it's, because when you're watching it, like there's the trucks on fire, and then like two feet away you have a guy sitting there eating a turkey leg or eating a leg. Like not even two feet away, the thing is burning. Yeah, the actors just like rummaging on the ground eating people, and there's a, a truck on fire right behind them. Yeah, and that always got to me because I was like, don't those things fear fire? I'm like they're gonna get burned. Move away. But not supposed to be rooting for the for the the ghouls. Uh, but that's that scene always stuck out because they really focused in on them eating the flesh or eating the people yeah. them being cannibals. And that's where you get your first taste of, of them, you know, being ghouls, them, you know, cannibalistic intentions. And, uh, yeah, I've always liked that. Cause I thought, you know, it was, you know, fake rubber, you know, prosthetic, something else, Yeah, not real food, but yeah, it's turkey legs and ham and tourist serve and all that. So, but yeah, that's, that's my favorite scene is the, you, the did you explosion. Have, did you ever have a problem, ever have a problem with it being black and white or not really? Not really. Be, uh, this is what kind of sets me off, like makes me different with the black and white movies. Cause when I start watching it, as I'm imagining it, what's going to happen, I always see that in color. Gotcha. So black and white movies don't really bother me. Gotcha. Uh, except for clerks. <laughs> but, uh, why? Just messing with yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> I never, see, like you see, Nathan was on his was... phone, like, you know, searching on his phone. And I had to say something to get his attention. Well, I, I never <laughs> really considered clerks to be a fucking film. I was really like, but, uh, but like, but no, like, but like both me with black and white, I can imagine the colors in my mind as, uh, as it, uh, as, as I'm watching it. So yeah. black and white doesn't bother me. That's good. That's it. We're going to fucking review clerks. You both are razzing me. <laughs> you guys are horrible. So as we flash forward, I don't know, some odd years, it's 1990. Uh, Savini has now created, Tom Savini has gone off to make special effects for, you know, Dawn of the Dead and working countless fucking films doing yeah. great, uh, great, uh, special effects. But somehow he... Di- Friday the 13th? Yeah. He gets the rights yeah. to direct a remake of Night of Living Dead. And here we go into Night of Living Dead. God damn it. I don't know, man. Like, this <laughs> caught me off guard because I remember reading the Houston Chronicle and looking at the Zest section or looking at an old uh, issue of Fangoria and looking at this Dawn of the Dead. I mean, I'm sorry, Night of Living Dead remake. And I, mm-hmm. I just couldn't make sense of it because we really hadn't had... Too many remakes. Well, back then remakes weren't a thing. 
1990? No, I would say no. They, they weren't a thing yet. I mean, The Thing was literally probably the only remake that, well, we weren't even had the thing, true the fly, knowledge of that. Yeah. Uh, Invasion of Body Snatchers, but it wasn't really a set thing like it is now. Yeah. It was, it, it just didn't happen. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Tom Savini's doing it. He's working his magic with this movie, and he's got Romero's, uh, you know, eyes on him to make sure it's it's good. From the opening tones of seeing the moon rise in, I don't know, the first time I sat down with this video, uh, the video cassette, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, rented it out, and I sat there and I watched it, and it was just, it was glorious. Yes. Yeah. I mean, from beginning to end, it's like Savini had reached into everything I wanted to see in this film, and they did it. It had reminiscence of Dawn of the Dead. It had... The only thing it lacked in my eyes when I first viewed it mm-hmm. was some of the special effects were greatly lacking. For, really? For it, being, for it being a Tom Savini film, this film had bad special effects first five minutes. <laughs> well, think about it. I mean... Uh, I mean, Bill Mosley getting his neck snapped in the beginning. That's horrible. That's a crash test dummy. Well, like when you're, oh, that, well, was that was terrible. That was terrible. It's terrible now, but when you're 10 or 12 watching that, that was awesome. But it was 1990. I mean, this this is years after the thing. Yeah. We shouldn't see crash test dummies. This is Tom Savini. He's oh, on a budget. Oh, come on, bro. Groupon. Dude. Dude. Groupon. Dude. It still happens this day. Shit that should not be. It seriously still happens. It still happens. It was... It was Harbinger I mean, down. Dude. But that was like a close-up of a mannequin. <laughs> that it was, was horrible. It was. Even that scene where she's attacking the, the farmer guy in the coveralls. The, the, oh, and, the shovel? You just see foam head and crowbar hitting him. Well, like, his, <laughs> his head caves in and then it pops back up. I was like, oh, boy. It was like a whack-a-mole. Of, yeah, it remind me of one of those. You remember those inflatable things that you'd punch? And yeah, right there back. you go. <laughs> and what's funny like is... Like Donatello and uh, Turtle Soup? Yeah. Uh, every now and then we always check like, uh, you know, we try to get a little background on some of these films and hearing Savini say that he fought the MPAA to like not get an X rating for this film I was like for what your the effects were like they made him cut a bunch of shit yeah, yeah. there's maybe yeah. three scenes I know of but... uh, Savini said every time that George Romero was on set on on set that the producers everybody would just let Savini go and do his thing because he had like Romero's full blessing Mm-hmm. But when Romero wasn't there, the execs would just fucking pounce on old Tom. It was like, oh, like they seriously wouldn't let him film certain shit. And like he pretty much couldn't do anything he wanted. Like, you know, being a special effects guy, he was just going over the top with gore and shit. Well, mm-hmm. as soon as he took it to MPAA, they're like, no, NC-17. He's like, no, back at, back in those days, NC-17 killed your fucking movie. It, did. it was over. It did. So he, like, had to cut so much fucking shit. I would kill for unrated cut. Yeah, because that's what this film lacks. It lacks Savini touch. I mean, the story is exquisite. <laughs> it lacks a lot of the Savini touch on yeah, it. I'm sorry. Censored. It's very, it's very censored. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it should have well, been more. Is the, is the UK Blu-ray release, is that one uncensored or has that one been censored? Everything, there's not an uncovered version that exists, as far as I know. Well, movies okay. that... Because even back, usually their foot, the excess footage is destroyed. I doubt. Well, I mean, I it, it depends. It depends. Like long lost fucking uh, Hellbound scene that was uh, the hell, uh, Pinhead and all them as surgeons. I mean, that just got released. Surfaced, yeah. yeah. Fault of horror. With but the, then, with the, I, but then I think the of like Friday tapping. the Thirteenth. You know the uh, part seven. 
they destroyed all that footage. Yeah. And that, you know, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but sometimes. Well, Volta Horror was when it was Frontal Rooster had the vein tapping scene in it. They added it back into the movie. Tells in the Crypt. Tells yeah, Tells yeah, yeah. the Crypt. I know what you're talking the, about. The two pack. Yes, sir. Yeah, they added that back in there along with the, the vein tapping and all the other stuff that happens in that movie. Uh, Except so, the original oh, ending. Sorry, mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. <laughs> Fucking bastards. <laughs> um, When I watched this. Yeah, totally. It was totally. It was one of those things where I was just like, really blown away. Yeah, totally. When was the first time you seen this, Nate? Uh, like I said uh, earlier, <laughs> <laughs> in like ninety five, ninety six, around there. Right? What the? Hey, baby. <laughs> but, Ralph has just shown up. <laughs> and then he left. That's what sent them good years. Hot Asian, cleaned up some young guy. <laughs> 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 going on uh yeah probably 95 96 like like i said i wasn't a big zombie fan i was in my fucking like halloween the thing like i was in the craze of the movies at the time Slashers, so yeah. um yeah 96 yeah. It's a fair estimate nice um i think i was like eighth grade or ninth grade <clears throat> something cool yeah, it was good, man. Like, Full story, uh, bro. Fuck off. <laughs> no. um, yeah, I watched it. I actually dug the shit out of this remake. Uh, what what year did uh, Gus Van Zandt's Psycho remake come out? Uh, 98? 98, 96, somewhere within that. Okay, so yeah, I saw this like towards like 97, because this was like the first like remake that I thought was shot for shot for the longest time. Mm-hmm. But... I enjoy the shit out of this movie. Um, Tony Todd is fucking great in it. He took the character of Ben even farther than Dwayne did. Yeah. But I think that's just because, you know, the 90s, obviously we had a different society. It wasn't like the 60s where we're still segregated. Well, Tony Todd, it was like he was surging in the 90s with Handyman. And well, yeah, but movies, I'm saying so. as a society, it wasn't shocking to see a black lead <laughs> actor. Yeah. Um, so he, he Unless had Unless you're Wesley Snipes. God, how did, how did he even get a <laughs> fucking Jungle Fever, white man can't jump. Man, that guy was hot. <laughs> Never hot seen not trail. a goddamn single one of them. Really? Thank you very much. Except wow. for his taxes. Yeah. Never saw, I never saw a shit guy. of Wesley Snipes. Thank Christ. I think I've seen every Wesley Snipes film. I've seen, I, a lot. I've seen quite a few I'm of his sorry. movies. Yeah. I saw like, The Fan with Robert De Niro. I mean, Pass, Passenger 57? Nope. I saw that one. That was, nope. It's fun. Murder at 1600? Nope. nope. Damn, dude. Nope. Blade, Blade, Blade Trilogy? No. Nope. Damn. I saw Blade 1 and uh, that was done. You didn't see Blade 2? Uh, is that the one where their mouths open yeah. up? Yeah, I saw Vigiano, Blade 2. I Vigiano never saw Blade 3. Oh, don't worry. Nobody else did either. Okay. Rising Sun? No. Oh, yes, 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 <laughs> yes. I did watch that. Expendables 3? No. Oh. I never saw the first Expendables. Oh, you nuts. It's okay. They're all in the old folks. Like, uh, uh, give me a gun. I'm like, no. I don't need to see geriatric muscle jerks fucking try <laughs> to fight still well in the past their prime. Great cynic structure there, bro. But, um... Uh, um, yeah, I'm not drinking today, so my brain's not working. Uh, fuck off. When do you see it, Aaron? Uh, I caught it a few days. He press the button. Press the button. Oh, I thought you muted him. <laughs> I muted him. Press the button. <laughs> when do you see it, Aaron? Mute. <laughs> no, I saw his hangover. I'm like, press it. <laughs> What's in the box? Nothing. Let's hear it. I saw it. Let's hear it. <laughs> now, I saw it a few days before Halloween. Uh, 
I the was movie in, or the day? The day. The day before Halloween. Okay, gotcha. Uh, it was on it was on Channel 20, and I think I was like fifth or sixth grade. Or no, fourth grade, fourth grade on UPN. That's cool. I'm waiting for you to press that damn Great button. Moment, bro. <laughs> Great story, bro. I'm all scared. <laughs> no, I'm not waiting for you to press, but no, I saw it then, and then as I'm watching it, my mom comes in and turns it off. She's like, that's that's demonic. I'm like, I'm watching this in my, I'm watching this in my room. I'm watching my room. <laughs> no, it was awesome. I loved it, especially the ending. Oh, yeah. Whenever uh, Ben comes up. What's funny? <laughs> what's funny is I didn't really. I mean, I don't. I still don't really care too much. But it's neat that it's Bill Mosley playing the opening scene mm-hmm. with uh, Barbara, because he does such a great job of playing. You know, the brother. You know, he does. He was like, God, two hundred miles. There's, she had to get buried in the one spot that's like a hundred miles away from the nearest beer, you know. And then that's the kind of shit that always made me laugh because I mean, it was like I said, the bickering always starts off. It's something that's relatable. We all have our little fights and tiffs in the car with uh, siblings. Well, sibling fights, it yeah. happens, and that's that's what I think makes the movies more believable is oh, that yeah. you have the bickering between the brother and sister. And it's, it doesn't feel like scripted bickering. No, no. It feels like the, real life bickering. The, in the 90s, humor fucking creeped in because Bill Mosley was just like, oh, they're terribly horny. <laughs> They've been <laughs> dead a long time. Look, there's one of them now. And she's like, shut up. They'll, he'll hear you. <laughs> I love that shit between them two. But then when he does that scene, when he does like the hand coming up from the grave, he's like, no, mother. And she goes, god damn you. You bastard. How do you? Even bring you. <laughs> but then they get the old guy from fucking Poltergeist 2. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> She's like, hey, you okay, old timer? And then that fucking old timer does this like beautiful twist because he's walking away. But mm-hmm. then he just like, he does like a thriller Michael Jackson movie. He just like turns around and then you get the real zombie attack with fucking gorific fucking, you know, eyeball hanging out zombie. And he's on Barbara and Barbara's screaming frantically. And, um, Johnny's pitching in to beat the shit out of the fucking zombie, well, he, he but he's him. interfering every time with Barbara's fucking trying to attack. Which <laughs> well, he awesome. stabs the the zombie with the uh, like the the bouquet. No, she stabs. Oh, she no, stabs she's she's slapping him with the bouquet and stabs through Bill Mosley. That's yeah. right, his hand. He goes like, "Oh God, my That's fucking right. hand, you yeah. bitch!" Every time, every time he tries to help, she fucking hurts yeah. him. <laughs> she kicks the, the zombie in the fucking face, and then the back of the head of the zombie like hits Bill Mosley in the face. He's like getting all fucked up, just <laughs> trying. Like you're interfering, bro. She's got it, okay. But then they do a little dance and they make a little love and they get down tonight because uh, the zombie and him get a little entangled and they do the crash <laughs> test dummy scene, which is just horrific to this day. I own this fucking film on Blu-ray. Uh, Twilight Video did a, a, a very limited release. I yeah. think they did 1,000 copies yeah, of it. it was very limited. And it's cool because it comes with a commentary by Tom Savini and it comes with an isolated music track. And it's kind of good. I mean, I, I wouldn't go too crazy over it. Did I, you pay regular price or did you pay more? Than... I paid like way less than regular price. Okay. Yeah, I got it really cheap. And then I got it autographed by Tom Savini. So Wait, how much did you pay? Uh, Like 20 bucks. Yeah. Well, come on, we're waiting. That's a low price. Thank you, sir. It was a low price. <laughs> yeah. um, when so people, when people steal your soundboard. Hey, <laughs> you got a phone? It's a free app, bro. Yeah, it's free. Uh, yeah, it's your <laughs> Jeff soundboard. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. Wow, we redlined out. Is that the beep or us? I don't know. It's us. not the beep. It's us. It's us. Yeah, it's we, us. All, we all yelled in unison and laughter, which is rare for our show. Nah, Aaron gets Aaron jealous, jealous over 
free things. <laughs> Whoa! You got water? <laughs> Whoa! Stealing my gimmick! <laughs> All right. Um. So as Barbara wrecks her fucking car, <laughs> um, yeah, you get, can't. You get that cool fucking scene where she's like, "Hey, Mister, you help me," and you see fucking uh, this white guy like walking towards her. But as the camera gets behind him, you see like the fucking suits all slid open, and you see nutsack hanging and all that shit. <laughs> and he slowly starts walking on, and like he's pulling down the pants and pulling down the whole fucking thing. And you see he's got the your your yeah, the typical autopsy, autopsy Y incision. incision. So you're like, she's like, oh, fuck, starts rolling back the window up. And then what pisses me off more than anything in this fucking film is that the fucking lead zombie quickly grabs a fucking brick and starts. Smart. Mm-hmm. Smacking the glass, and I'm like, uh, I don't know if we're full bub zombie and not living dead. I mean, I, I, I was kind of confused by that too because it's, it's using it weapons. Thought. Yeah, it's using weapons yeah. and thinking. Yeah, and then th- th- that doesn't happen throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah. It's just that one super zombie. I mean, that's kind of like, and they even do it later. I think uh, Tony Todd does this one scene. Uh, see, she wrecks a car and stuff like that. Which is very reminiscent of the Dawn of the Dead remake that we yeah. get into. We'll get into the next episode. Uh, but she wrecks the car. She kind of stirs, and then she comes back, and then she's hauling ass to get to the farmhouse. She encounters, you know, what she encounters in the farmhouse, all that stuff. You get introduced to Tony Todd hauling ass down, you know, because Ben's character's running this truck, and he's going towards the farmhouse for some fucking reason. Mm-hmm. And he hits that fucking one zombie that looks like fucking Down Syndrome fucking Lloyd. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking freaking weird and, and hilarious. Lloyd Coffin? Lloyd Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's say, which Lloyd? <laughs> Pick one. Lloyd Christmas from Dumb and Dumber. I don't know. We can go on. But yeah. <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> he did look like Lloyd Coffin. That's fucking terrific. But, uh, It'd be funny if they actually was Lloyd Coffin. <laughs> right? Still the Toxic Avenger Down Syndrome makeup on I need money, bitches! <laughs> God, so uh, Tony fucking rams that guy, <laughs> and uh, you know they go into the house. But then you see a scene again where you see like the zombie kind of grab the doorknob and twist it. So I was like, God damn, yeah, you go again. Yeah. You're kind of leading this idea that they have fucking fine motor skills or some shit. But uh, yeah, dude, for most of those fucking scenes with uh, Tony Todd, I mean, they're so intense. Uh, he actually does a lot of the. Uh, uh, Brad Dorf shit in the in Night Living Dead. He's you see him tearing up a lot in the mm-hmm. scenes. I was gonna to... say he always looked like he was crying. Yeah, like... he's his nose either running or his eyes are always like he has like like he's running tears. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. from like intensity and like sadness, stress. You know, frustration, oh, yeah. all the emotions. Because I love that scene when he has to like go outside and stake the two bodies. And, and he and he does this. He does this platoon shout. He looks on the sky. No, god damn it! God damn you! God damn all of you! I, I that. forgot that part. Yeah, like his platoon scene. Dude, I fucking, I love the the makeup look on this hillbilly, the fat one. The, oh. the one with the foam head? Yeah. The whack-a-mole? It's fucking awesome looking though, man. Because I mean, it's, very, it's, it's, it's very, um, oh man, like Baba, I'm going to get the director wrong. Uh, Lucio Fulci's uh, zombie is very reminiscent to yeah. that to me for, for some fucking reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, the facial uh, textures that they created. Mm-hmm. But man, yeah, you're right. That was a pretty fucking like cool you can see like the varicose veins in his yeah. face. And yeah. his face is just open. Well, just up. It's like when up. his introduction of him, like you know, creeping up behind her when she's walking. Oh, did no, she fall, didn't he, he fall? He, he falls off. She, <laughs> she sees no. the blood drip, which is very it's almost shot off. for shot from the original because you see the blood drip in the original black and white. 
But then he, and falls, then he falls off the stairs. Oh, falls to the banister. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just I remember she. There's a scene where she turns around and he rises up or something, and he's like following well, her. Well, she, she puts him a, back she up puts and a cloth on his face. Yeah. Where he's against the couch, and then fucking he. Cause, no, because he falls on the rug. Off. Does he fall on the? Well, she puts when a rug she, over. When she kills him on the on the thing, he's on a rug and against the couch, and she uses a crowbar to pull him on the rug, and they roll him over, uh, roll him up in the rug. Yeah. And then they pull the body out. Uh, the one they throw a sheet on is the. Uh, Cousin with the cousin the crutches that, 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 suicide that shoots himself. himself in the fucking face. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Yeah. God damn it, these fucking kills. <laughs> Dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, I was happy to show my seven-year-old this film because he hadn't seen it. And I was like, he loves zombie shit. I mean, we watched almost everything. Evil Dead, Dawn of the Dead, all this stuff. I had Walking Dead. Da- Walking Dead. He's, yeah. he, he knows Walking Dead. He knows Evil Dead, the series. I mean, I show him a lot of the zombie shit. But the main thing I always show them is a lot of the making stuff. I want them to understand directing, sound design, mm-hmm. uh, special effects, uh, VR effects. I mean, sorry, CG effects, stuff like that. Do you think that helps soften the blow to introdu- of introduction yeah, of the kids to that? Definitely. Because I've started Gwen on Scooby-Doo. That's what I told of, you. They, they kind of get her into that. Yeah. And uh, the big because the biggest scare is that she loved her and scare stupid until the very end when the trolls start the coming goblin. out. Yeah. They start the coming out. No, dude. If I would have seen the behind the scenes for Halloween when I was a kid, that movie probably wouldn't have had Same as effect. big as impact yeah. on me. Okay. It kind of damns it. It might ruin it. Well, I think it, it strengthens a lot of shit because when I showed him Scooby-Doo in like fucking one and two, you know, like that, mm-hmm. and when he got into the, the Scooby-Doo movies as he got older, I mean, by the time he was four and five, he had already seen like a bulk of my horror fucking films. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I remember him just like standing standing on my lap watching Creep Show, freaking out at the crate. Mm-hmm. And then after, soon immediately after that, I'd go onto YouTube on my iPad and show him, look, this is a guy with a hand puppet and the thing's called Fluffy and... This is how they uh, interject the blood, uh, the blood effects and stuff like oh, that. Oh, so do you show it to him afterwards? Fuck yeah, I show yeah. him. Afterwards. Oh, I want you to <laughs> no, no, show it to no, him. No, 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 no. no. I let him. Afterwards. I let him get the full fuck. Oh, that's afterwards. cool, dude. He's that's fucking cool. backing up into a corner, freaking out. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> like, no, because with Gwen, I showed Gwen Ghostbusters <laughs> for the first time, <laughs> yeah. and she got freaked out with the dogs when the do- whenever Ghostbuster and the- when dogs started attacking. Oh, she right. got freaked out with that, and then I showed her a video of what how them they're putting dogs in the suits and everything. She was okay with that now. So now she's singing the Ghostbusters theme song. She's really enjoying Ghostbusters, the classics, not the remake, but the classics. Sweet. She's really enjoying it now. But I did show her the behind the scenes with that, with them doing the Stay Puff suit, stuff like that. And she's she she's not scared of it anymore. Gotcha. So so with you doing that, you know, with the behind the scenes stuff, that was that's kind of what I've been smart. going with Gwen to, with doing with Gwen. With Parker, he doesn't he gives no fucks. Yeah. I watched freaking Creep Show too with him. He's just sitting there, just smiling ear to ear, just watching it. Just enjoyed it. Uh, uh, Walking Dead, smile ear to ear, enjoying it. Uh, we watched the uh, The Shining. Nothing, you know. He's just he's enjoying all that shit. Sweet. So Parker's my little demon in in uh in growing up. See, I'm wondering how to do introduce my kid to it. What to start him off with? Like, do I start him off with Halloween? You go with the. I I would buy. What I what I got is like the uh, Hanna Barbera did this awesome DVD set. It's mm-hmm. collection. It's actually the Mystery Machine, mm-hmm. and it's every Hanna Barbera Scooby Doo. It's all the old oh, shit, that's yeah. awesome. and that's the only shit I really like. I get into some of the movies that are coming out later, and there's a couple that are really fucking good. Like there's a couple that had twists that like they got me. And I was like, fuck, dude, I didn't see that shit coming, <laughs> and it was fucking fun because I was like, you know, it was neat because I was like, man, when you watch a uh, God, if I can remember the one that really I really enjoyed watching that one with my uh, my kid, it was one with a summer camp, 
and it was neat because like three different fucking creatures. But that was the shit, man. I mean, me and my kid would just, he would mm-hmm. watch that when he woke up, when he went to sleep. It was what he just lived and breathed. Mm-hmm. And he always knew that the monster underneath the fucking mask was like an old man or an old yeah. lady. You know, so he always said, oh, it's a fucking sheriff or some shit. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to, you know, the other, the cooler shit, like like I said, I watched Night Living Dead with him a couple of nights ago. And he was like, why didn't she just shoot him in the fucking head? I go, <laughs> I go oh, well. You know, it's the one. It's the scene where the Ethiopian fucking zombie comes oh, out. Oh, through, like, through the window! Through yeah, the window! And he's like, "Why is she shooting in her chest? You got to shoot her in the fucking head." And I'm like, "Dude, he's showing the other people because they're scared. They don't believe that they're dead." And he's like, "Why don't they believe they're dead? Look, they're fucking dead." <laughs> but I was like, "Yeah, dude." But I'm saying like that's what they're doing for the yeah. story. It was cool because I mean he's there. He's on the ball yeah. ahead of the curve, dude. Yeah. When he's watching scenes with uh, the Chinese guy, I forget his fuck, Glenn. When you watch that scene where Glenn is on the dumpster with the other guy and they do that I'm sorry fucking scene, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, he goes, the zombie, la- the guy landed on, on Glenn, he'll be all right. <laughs> they're going <laughs> to eat the other guy before they eat Glenn. I was like, yeah. motherfucker, tell the rest of these people on Twitter that shit. Yeah. But, you know, that's the kind of shit that I'm, it, it I'm privileged that I have that relationship with my kid. Because with- I was like, fuck, dude, I'm sorry. Um, my, my wife has a fucking friend. They have kids. If they see a scary fucking powder puff girl episode, they get fucking nightmares. And I'm like, oh god. They, yeah. they, the dad had to fucking remove his fucking kids from our Christmas party. We, um, our birthday, uh, my son's birthday party, because that fucking dinosaur freaked him out too much. Oh, okay. I, I that was them. That. Okay, that was them. Jesus. So I was like, dude. I was like, it's just. And it also depends on the kind of the parent, because when I watch with Gwen, I'm calm and I'm enjoying it. When when my wife watches, she's like, oh my gosh, she start freaking out. So my wife kind of puts that fear in Gwen when Gwen's watching it. And I have to tell Gwen it's okay, it's fake. But I have to show. But I'll show Gwen the Ghostbusters cartoon yeah. because that's another good stepping stone. If you can't do Scooby Doo, it's different with the chick. It is. It, it with is. the daughter, I think a lot of the horror films plays a very sexualized nature, and I think well, you I gotta, don't show her any of that. No, of course not. I don't show but I'm her saying any like that. that's that's the fine line because when I show a fucking film and it shows like you know this chick getting like running and like the vines are tearing, mm-hmm. you see her tip all. I was like, look. Tits. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> like, fuck, I'm not going to, like, what am I going to do? Like, oh, don't look. You know, it's like, fuck, dude, it's, just, it's a tit. It's like, no, like, you remember those? You've, like, yeah, with Gwen, I, I make sure that, I make sure that the, the movie's more gender neutral. Yeah. So that way it's an appreciation, not, you know, she's subject to, yeah. that's what you have to expect. Yeah. Like, I'll probably so. cut out, like, the first couple of minutes of Halloween for my kid, and then mm-hmm. the rest of the movie, I'll be like, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> just show them the UPN version. Yeah, there you go. TV cut. There you go. Watch that. <laughs> it works. But uh, can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, like it's, I figure, like you, I, Jeff was at my house last weekend and he saw how my house is decked out. It's all fucking horror. It's all horror. So like we were thinking in the baby room, like putting Armando Freddy above him. Like it's not scary when you grow up with the shit. Sweet you know? dreams yeah. are made of these. Yeah, for real. Like. You know, uh, what's the fucking cutest shit is we have the alien face hugger, uh, like a little... Yeah, little stuffy animal. Little stuffed yeah, animal to cool. sleep with, so I'm like... And this was funny, is like, to a certain age, yeah, it's all you, but then their fucking personality takes over, and you're mm-hmm. like, fucking, it's, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, is. when your kid starts sitting down, you're like, what are you watching? I'm watching Predator. I'm like, really? I'm like, fuck, <laughs> let's watch Predator. Like, you right. Fucking A. Um, what I really love about certain scenes as you get into Not Living Dead is that Savini was able to take, like we talked about, that Barbara's character has that breaking point. I think Tony Todd lays hands on her and says, 
do you have a car? And she finally comes to. She's like, no, I don't. He explains the situation to her. Soon she realizes that she needs to use her smarts and her strength to keep her shit together and observe what the fuck is going on and control it. And after that, Barbara's character is now one of the most fucking awesome leading women since, like, Sigourney Weaver's fucking Ripley. Well, remember, he keeps asking, is this your house? Are there anybody else? And she's just frantic. Yeah, she's catatonic. Uh, I don't know. The whole fucking time. Well, I mean, fuck, she just saw her brother get murdered. Two Mm -hmm. fucking dead guys chase her. Had a car wreck. (laughs) Yeah, fucking winds up in a house full of dead people. I mean, god damn it. Sees, Sees Ethel Jr. falling down the stairs. She's... Yeah, she's fucked. She's fucked up. It's it's a stressful situation. But when the, you know, like the sun starts setting and she sees that Tony Todd's a good guy, he's taking out the zombies, he's seeing how he takes down the zombies and all Mm -hmm. that shit. It's really cool that she comes together. He's lighting the fire and he's telling her the story about the gas station, um, how the rednecks were handling it and stuff. How they were. I know the diner. Yeah. He talks about the guys corralling 20 of them in. He goes, and they let the door in, trying to let one in, like another one in. Like they were that. Like he didn't understand why the fuck were these people corralling these things? Like it's not an infection, it's not a disease, it's not something rampant. These people shouldn't be walking around with their heads fucking, you know, broken and shit like that. Yeah, and it was awesome because Tony Todd just fucking sold those fucking lines. He sold the dialogue with such fucking awesomeness that it was really appreciated. In this he he gave more depth when he's explaining how he got to the truck to the farmhouse. Yeah, because you're stuck in the farmhouse all the yeah. time. He created a whole world of shit that's going on outside of it. But like outside of that farmhouse, it's more chaos than what it is here. And then when they split up, when she's in the kitchen, she screams and he comes running in. That's when we've introduced to the other survivors, specifically Cooper. <laughs> this fucking bald prick. Old Tom Tolls. From but he Henry. looks like the guy from the original. He yeah. looks just like yeah. him. Dude, they casted this like almost very part, similar. Be, besides, very similar. Besides uh, Barbara. Barbara being everybody else. Shorter. Yeah. yeah. That short was like hair the thing with thing in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. You know, women's. But uh, Pat Benatar. Fuck it, man. Like, everybody looks similar except Barbara. Like, but Cooper's, child. Cooper's spot on, though. He's <laughs> completely spot on. Tom Tolls did an amazing job as Cooper. Bunch of yo-yos. Bunch of yo-yos. We Just, can talk. We do it downstairs. <laughs> I love Cooper. As much <laughs> as I hate that piece of shit, I hate that piece of shit. His character just makes me, like, just hate and uh, I he, love that they do that. He's a good governor before the governor. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's trying to do right for his kid and his wife and all that shit. But then on the back end of the whole fucking scenario, he's just like this. Well, he well, he's, you can tell he's a fucking racist well, prick. He's he's thinking in the next five minutes, not in the next five hours. He's yeah. just thinking, like, what's an, what's an immediate you know way to survive right now? Not how are we going to survive till morning? Yeah. Um, the thing I always take away from this fucking thing is, uh, I wish, I don't know, I guess he would have been just a little bit more level-headed, uh, Ben, and just went mm-hmm. downstairs with Cooper and just talked to him down there for a while, because you see at the end when, you know, all the shit's gone yeah, down, he sits down, he finds all the things that he needed, there's a radio down there and the, and the gas key. The key to the gas pump. And it's the, like, if you uh, were just taking the moment just to kind of humor the guy. The doors. Yeah. You know, the wood, the, the everything's down there. And it's just a battle of egos with Barbara caught in the center. But you, as as they're battling with egos, she's kind of becoming out, losing the catatonic trait, 
She's becoming a stronger, independent woman. She's, you know, going... Pretty much, she goes through puberty through this movie. Yeah. If, if anything, she's hitting puberty in this movie, and then she becomes the badass. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, the Battle of Egos, I think, is what really intrigues me more with this movie because, yeah, the special effects are kind of cheesy with Samina doing He's, some good stuff. Yeah. But the storytelling and then the dialogue is just... It eats. It's it's just good. It's just you know. It's just it's really good and fun to watch. Yeah, he tapped into what Ramiro was selling, and he just he perfected it. I think he he perfected. He put it. finishing touches on a lot of things that Romero couldn't do. Because what William Butler playing uh, Tom or whatever the fuck the, mm-hmm. the the guy that you know the Tommy he he kind of belonged in the house. Like him and his girl yeah. were like there to visit his uncle Reg and all that yeah. shit. It was like they belonged there more than because Uncle Reg was dying. Yeah. Because he belonged there more than fucking Cooper and fucking Ben did, you know, mm-hmm. or even yeah. Barbara and all that shit. And, and they made they made a point to mention that this is this is Tommy's yeah. house. The girl said, spoke up. It's like, well, you two, but then Tom fucking like, oh, shut up, baby Joe. It's like, no, it's got to get along and work. Yeah, like yeah, the way the the dialogue with Barbara, Joe, and Tommy was kind of it was it felt forced whenever he was telling her to, to leave from alone, and she's all frantic. Tommy, Tommy. And I wish I wish that would, those characters would have been paid just a little bit differently. Just tone down their, you know, their acting a little bit. It was a little bit forced overacting. Just tone it down, you know, give it substance, not... Well, they're, like, you had so many characters that had their shit together, you needed the girl that was crying and screaming over the but situation. But she wasn't frantic, like, nervous frantic. It was just annoying frantic, like, overacting frantic. Yeah. I mean, she's perfect for Full Moon. Not... Which is funny because William <laughs> Butler actually went on to direct Full Moon. Yeah. I think he did a lot of Killjoy shit or something yeah. like that. Yeah. That's William Butler, though. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> um, like you said, this battle of egos escalates fucking awesomely. I mean, uh, what Tom Tolls does in this fucking thing is like, I don't know. It's just awesome. Well, it's building. throughout. Whenever you meet the survivors, you immediately you know Cooper has that, you know, he's got that dominant attitude. Uh, ben has a surviving dominant attitude, and he but he's team building too. Yeah, he's, he's like, he's a "Good idea, Tom. Let's do it." You know, like he's always like they're always looking for the next. Let's get over this next uh, next objective. You know, let's let's try to do this right. Let's get the hammer to get the nails. Yeah, we'll go try those other doors. Blah blah blah. Especially and, when they're going upstairs to get the doors from upstairs, and Cooper, he punches through it. Yeah. He's like, "Hey, this is why the doors are bad." Ben's a coach. Cooper's like the star quarterback who who thinks he's already got the scholarship. Yeah, and. Yeah, the the budding heads just it plays well into this because not only do you have chaos outside, you're getting the inner chaos on the inside, which you know just it makes the movie just even more. Yeah, and as we, I mean, as things go on, it's pretty much the same shit as the '68, which is very appreciative because everything kind of follows suit. You know, his daughter's bitten. Cooper's dealing with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, His wife wants to kind of intervene and interfere at the same time in various ways. You can tell that his wife is siding with Ben. Yeah. But she's staying loyal to Cooper. Well, she's siding to like find help for her daughter. Yeah, get help. Yeah. And knowing that staying in the fucking cellar is going to help her fucking daughter. Yeah. No. Which I thought was just smart and realistic. (laughs) But uh, when they do make the run... They think they found the keys because they're checking uh, Uncle Reg's body outside. And they think they've got the keys and they make mm-hmm. that run. You see that awesome scene where, like, uh, he's, swimming, he's swinging the flaming uh, table leg. And they're taking all these pop shots, all and, these uh, zombies. And then, and well, then from the second floor, they're, like, throwing, like, little napalm 
like uh, uh, the bottles Molotovs. full of Molotovs. Yeah. yeah, they're throwing Molotovs down to kind of get the zombies away from yeah, them as they get to the like, truck. Yeah, the lights fucking with them and shit. So you know the plan's working perfectly until they get. Yeah, to the, the home. girl gets the fucking uh, you know the the truck going finally, but then she's just barreling down the fucking road and and. You know, Ben's trying to haul ass to catch up. He throws the fucking flaming uh, table leg in the back of the truck. He jumps on, but then she swings the corner too tight and throws Ben loose. And Ben's down in the grass with like seven goddamn zombies he's around doing, him. He's doing some judo tosses down there. And he's over there fucking, yeah, like you said, tossing some motherfuckers. And then Tom's there with the keys and like, these ain't, these ain't the right keys. Oh, like, what a dumb what? shit. Yep. And, and then, you see him pull a fucking double barrel and point it <laughs> at a fucking... At the deadlock. Yeah. At the deadlock. And which is connected to the gas pump handle. <laughs> yeah. Which and, is connected to the hose to the fucking gas tank. <laughs> so it's not bad enough you're double barreling a goddamn lock at a gas fucking pump. But you have a fucking flaming table leg in the bed <laughs> yeah. of the truck. So I was just like... I love right as he aims at fucking Tony Todd's like, What the hell are you doing, Tom? Well, Tony's like running up, and he's like maybe about 40 feet away, and he's like, No! <laughs> Boosh! And it's like it's like Wiley Coyote with like the little help me sign. Right. You see Tom look up, <laughs> eyes all big. Boom. Boom. That's it. You and your girl. Now, Joe. that dude is from uh, Friday the 13th Part 6. Is he? I, yeah. I, I just remember him. Or part seven, sorry. Okay. He's the brother that he's they Tommy were number two? Or? No, part seven was the... Uh, he's the fucking guy they're throwing the surprise birthday for. Oh, really? He never makes it to it. He gets killed in the woods with a little, like, spike. Oh, but, the, and the little VW bug. When they're no, 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 that's part six. Part seven. Yeah. Eh. They're all the same. His car breaks down. He's like, I changed the oil yesterday. And he's got the hot, big, red-headed chick. Damn. Anyways. I never noticed that. Yeah. Well, it's just interesting. <laughs> I, I didn't either. Because that's just funny because he's in Night of Living Dead. He's in uh, Friday the 13th. And then he's also, he plays the brother to the, or the boyfriend to the girl in uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow, you got to get killed by the Sawyer family and zombies and now Jason. Jason. Wow. Oh, William Butler. Yeah, I was right. Yeah. And you're right too. Fuck yeah. And he was on two episodes of Freddy's Nightmares. <laughs> There you go. He he made his he, he made a, his Bill Paxton round. God damn. Can I? Oh, and, and he well, got, he was in Power Rangers. We'll leave that which out. one? The he was crewman. Does it matter? He fucked up either way. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's, direct, he's in Ghoulies, buried alive. He directs uh, a lot of is. fucking. Uh, he directs a lot of Full Moon shit. We we're just talking about that. He's done like Killjoy or some shit. He's done some Full Moon films. That's he's fucking awesome. Directs now, so Madhouse, Demonic Toys, Demonic Toys. Yeah, he directed that. Demonic Toys is fun. Yeah. That's a fun one. And then he wrote the Ginger Dead Man series. Going back. <laughs> Going back to the film. On, on, on paper, that movie sounded not good. But, but like like a drunken, 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 very drunken fest. It's like, hey man, <laughs> let's do some lines and write. Okay. We got Gary Busey. <laughs> right. <We're> done. <laughs> Gary Busey's here. Oh, gingerbread man. Ah, ga, 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 ga. <laughs> Gary uh-huh. Busey. They need to make a movie with him as the villain, like as the monster. Yeah. Yeah. They did. No makeup needed. Just very under siege. Call him Chompers or some shit. He's he's gonna be in Teeth Part Two. There you go. <laughs> so after Tom <laughs> and sorry, um, the girl they blow up in the fucking truck. Toasty. 
Uh, Tony fucking fights his way back to the farmhouse. But at this point, he's uh, Cooper's telling his wife to get back downstairs to take care of the daughter. And then he turns on Barbara saying, I want that gun. I need to get that gun. Mm-hmm. And she says, go to hell. <laughs> and then there's like, you know, this frantic fight for the fucking uh, the Winchester rifle, which is fucking neat because, you know, you get some really cool shots. Uh, you know, the girl being taken over by the zombies, the rifle getting pulled out of her hands, almost very a la Return of the Living Dead. But then she yeah. flips it around him and he's got the gun in his hand now, but the zombies have his ass in like mm-hmm. big time. But she's hauling ass to get to the door because Ben's banging on the door trying to get in, Don't knowing that Cooper's kind of took in. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it just escalates from there, from the, the, the dead zombie cop falling in and they kill that to get the handguns. And then it's just a battle royale. You know, it's like the the Mexican standoff between Ben and Cooper. But then as Cooper's backing off to go down to the cellar, he sees his daughter come up. And Ben just gives that beautiful line. He's like, shoot it, Cooper. He's like, no, it's my baby girl. It's my daughter. He's like, not anymore. Yeah. And then I love the idea that he cocks the fucking handgun. He's ready to shoot. And then Cooper fucking shoots him in the gut. Yeah. And it's actually Barbara because then the zombie ch- uh, daughters come after Barbara and Barbara just pops her right in the fucking head. And now Cooper's like, no! God, just like <laughs> unloading and fucking Ben's just pops him finally in the goddamn uh, shoulder blade mm-hmm. or the gut too. So it's just like this huge gunfire fucking shit. But Ben won't re- let go. I mean, Ben's shot in the gut. He has a chance to probably survive the gut shot a la Reservoir Dogs kind of shit. Uh, but he doesn't. He kind of pursues the gunfight and gets another fucking rifle round into the fucking like upper lung, yeah. chest cavity area. So now it's almost like said and done for Ben. And Barbara has to go out into the fray and just kind of fend off the zombies. Like she had said from originally, like they're so slow, we could just walk yeah, past. We just walk them. around them. If we're careful. We could just walk. Past Where's them. the part where she kind of gets like the blood lust, where she's just like toying with it? She's just like, Ugh. no, that's when she's showing them it. that they're that they're dead. Oh, she's okay. like popping oh, in the one in the chest. And like, uh, when she's walking after this, yeah, she's, she's walking like in the field and she's just kind of like nonchalant. She puts a gun at him. She just like keeps him oh, at bay. Keep right. bay. But then she gets that one grandma one with the stuffed animal. She's like, get the fuck off. Well, no, she's, yeah. fuck off, no, she's pushing away and she's kind of crying and she's kind of like breaking down and she's pushing it back. Because she's watching and Tom and the other girl get eaten. Yeah. <laughs> she's all, ah! Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I love that shot because when she was that old lady, you see the hair come up and the blood just droop back. Dude, yeah. the headshots in this movie, I will ta- mm-hmm. I will compliment yeah. Tom Savini on. Like, I love how it's just like a pop out of the top yeah. of the head or pop out of the side of the head. Like, That's awesome. Yeah. Fucking old. Ooh, so good. But then she, uh, you see Cooper go into the attic and yeah. pull the little string up. He goes up there, and then you and see then Ben go down to the basement and secure himself in there. And that's when, like, you get the re- the revelation of like the gas keys yep. the entire yeah. time. I love that. And he he kind of starts chuckling, and you know, <laughs> I love that he's <laughs> digging through his pocket and he finds fucking cigarette broken. Fuck. <laughs> oh fuck yeah, last cigarette's fine. He starts lighting that bitch up. And this is, uh, he hears all the shit. Like, they're finally getting it right on the radio. It's like, mm-hmm. the dead are coming back to life. If you shoot them in the head, oh, y'all got that right. Y'all got that right, too. <laughs> oh, I love that shit. That was just priceless seeing Tony Todd and Savini allowing those scenes to actually mm-hmm. be shot. They're fucking beautiful. Yeah. But then Barbara fucking stumbles across a forklift, uh, a, for, uh, a fucking pickup truck. Yeah. And, uh, she gets fired upon all the uh, fucking nineteen sixty eight versions. Well, she finds a she finds a militia, like a like a. Well, she just finds a pickup survivors. truck, and then she gets shot at, and she's like, 
He jumps into the bed of the truck. She's like, don't shoot! And then, yeah, like you said. This one's talking. It's like like a militia happening. And she takes a nap, and I remember she's like waking up or something like that after like a nap, because she's got a jean jacket now that uh, one of the people gave her, and she's looking around. And one of the favorite scenes I I like seeing is that they're hanging a zombie by the neck. And then you see all these guys start taking pot shots at it while it's hanging. But then next to it, you have this ring of fences it looks like they're having zombie fights yeah. in the rain. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. <laughs> like you, you're supposed to be saving people, rescuing people, and you're you're having zombie fights in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. Well, you know that's how our society ding, would ding, do ding, it. Ding, 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 What's ding, funny ding, is uh, we fall apart. Savini mentions in, in the commentary that if you look at this one scene, it, the camera kind of pans up and you see the helicopter, mm-hmm. kind of watching, observing surroundings and then you think back to dawn of the dead with flyboy and the gang and they had that same scene where like they're looking at all these gangs and stuff in this rural areas doing the same shit yeah you're like is it flyboy and all of them supposedly in in the helicopter and it's just it's fun that's fun cool i never even thought it's fun to think through the idea but in savini's mind he said no in our film it was just a police i remember but it's fucking but it's neat why do you got a room i know tom why'd you have to fuck up that awesome idea thinking that when i because i there's one time i watched them back to back to back yeah and i thought that and i'm like nah because because of the the dates the continuity continuity wouldn't wouldn't match up 72 it's like the helicopter went through time yeah. It's a DeLorean. No, but I mean, in the <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's, it's it's a neat it's, it's a, a neat fucking because you have Night Living Dead and in the morning she's doing this looking at the yeah. aftermath. Dawn of the Dead's happening for somebody else. It's, it's an neat, awesome idea, plausible Easter egg. But yeah, it's, it sucks that Savini shits on it in the commentary. I was like, yeah. fucking asshole. He is a very actually type of dude. Yeah, like, it's like oh, well, actually, dude, I've could, made movies. You could have had fun <laughs> with that instead. You fucking shit on it. But yeah, she goes back to the farmhouse. Uh, with a group of guys. Hoping, hoping Ben's still down there. Yeah. Opens the cellar door. No, no. First, first uh, Cooper. She sees him. No, Cooper. no that's it, later. That's way later. That's way later. Thanks, Thanks Aaron. <laughs> Interrupting cow. <laughs> uh, uh, the rednecks are chainsaw on the, the cellar door. Yeah, the cellar door. The cellar door, and, that's right. And she's like sitting there waiting with anticipation. As soon as they open it up, fucking he comes out, wide-eyed, zombie. He looks dead. at her and smiles. I love that moment. No, he smiles at her. He he sees her and he's kind of like smiling. I would say there's a moment of recognition. Yeah, rec- yeah. He he's recognizing her somewhat. Remember, he like maybe I don't know. Well, I mean, it's 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 because he doesn't stare at the guys. He stares at her, and then they they take the pop. You shot. get an impression that there's yeah. recognition there, which I, I I think is awesome. I mean, bricks to the window. So. But the homeboy on the fucking right just fucking unloads his fucking AR-15 right into his fucking face. Yeah. And just takes, like, two shots in his goddamn head, which is awesome because they actually mm-hmm. had, like, a metal plate on Tony Todd's head, and they actually had the actual live squids to go off. So you get those, mm-hmm. you get door panel, door panel, head, head. And it was yeah. awesome to see those squid shots get fired off because, like, wow. And then you see that body drop. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, put the body on the fire because they got a big bonfire going out in front of the farmhouse, which is awesome. And then she's all emotionally distraught, and then you get to your scene like you had yeah. mentioned. Yeah. Finally, Cooper popping up. He came back. He came back. <laughs> and she, I love that the camera comes right in the solid center frame. Gah! right in the fucking head. You piece of shit. She fucking. <laughs> she takes the fucking uh, shell out, puts another fucking fresh round in. There's another one for the fire. I was like, yeah. boom, and scene. And that's Savini's fucking not living dead. I mean. This guy perfected what was already a controversial ending and created 
another great ending because there's even a scene where she's watching the biker fights and she goes, uh, they're us and we're them. And it's more cryptic shit that we get from Day mm-hmm. of the Dead and stuff like that, yeah. where it's like, yeah, they're the monsters, but we and so you know we you know, in total become the monsters too by by creating such evil. But it's awesome, dude, because I was just like, wow, Savini's done, made something that was equal in comparison, but somewhat superior to what Ramiro had created in '68, which is awesome. It's rarely done. It's scary to say that too, like. But I do consider the ninety better than the original. Yeah, it's like it's like Lugosi's. Uh, it's like Lugosi's Dracula compared to uh, uh, Francis Ford Coppola's. Uh, You're Dracula. out of your mind. <laughs> I find it. I find it to be a far superior film because of the uh, of the techniques and and the ideas that they had to create a, a a greater timeline for the character of Dracula. Have you heard Winona Ryder's accent? It's most excellent. I, count. I, it's most. Excellent. I was amazed that Roman Coppola went through all the trouble to do such. Like all the camera work is, uh, is it's in camera. All the special Dude, effects are Dracula in camera. Dracula is gorgeous. Oh yeah, like Bram Stoker's Dracula's. Uh, yeah, Francis Ford's is fucking gorgeous. I just, I really wish Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder were not in that movie. I agree with you because everything else in that movie is fucking amazing, spot on point. Yeah, but yes, uh, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes remakes are better. I mean, the thing. John yeah. Carpenter's a thing. It's, it's rare, but it does fucking happen. Amazing. It it's, it's sad that we like at in our generation the remakes are not close to what oh, the, yeah. the originals are. Like there was a time when when remakes were better, but fuck, those days are long gone. Yeah, sadly. Yeah, but I mean the night the original night is still a fucking classic. Yeah, uh, even if it's black and white. Yeah, I mean it's it's just it's <laughs> fucking almost timeless uh, because of being black and white, but being violent and gory. Yeah, it doesn't feel Before like it's, it's an old movie. Yeah, and it's shot very well. I mean, even on the Blu-ray version, um, the light and contrast is held. It holds up, which yeah. is just unreal to me. I feel it should be schlocky. It's weird. The color colorization version of that actually dates it. Yeah. Because it's like that, like, well, you, original parent trap, like, 1960s color. What I, what I, Technicolor. Is it like, is it like very, like, spotty color? No, no, it's saturated. It's so fucking Well, saturated. like, no, I'm talking, like, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's when it, like, but when they add the, the, the color, you get a lot of film grain sometimes if it's not. Oh, well, no, the, no, the, the transfer's The beautiful. Blu-ray's okay. fucking clean as shit. I, have, I found myself comparing mm-hmm. it to a Blu-ray copy of, uh, or an HD copy I have of uh, the Coen Brothers, The Man Who Wasn't There, which I find to be like probably one of the greatest black and white films ever made. Okay. But that's me. I like good films. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I love the black stare. Wow. Yeah, take that. Um, Where was it? Oh, Jesus, that he hit was the late. Button, he hit the button like 10 seconds ago. Yeah. I we have that. a delay. I have a delay in the audio. Fucking chewy. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I agree with you. That was a good movie. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a long fucking time. Yeah, I mean, I like I love the Night of the Living Dead series. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm glad we have a 68 and 90. It's fun to compare yeah. and contrast. But it is also not the only remake that we'll be covering from... That series. Well, let's give a final thought on this series. Go ahead, Yefe. Um, 68's great. Um, <laughs> Romero's uh, version was awesome. Um, I, I'm, I'm glad he waited so long to do a follow-up to um, this film mm-hmm. uh, of Night of the Living Dead because I think it only aided to 
what he was able to imagine and conjure up for us. Which How long was it between di- night and dawn? Was it eight years? Four to six. Six years? Because I want to say production-wise, I mean, release-wise, I know it's another story because I know Dawn of the Dead sat on the shelf for a while there after production. Yeah, because I think it got released in like 77 or yeah, 76. Yeah, dude, that was a lot. Fuck, maybe even after that. Ten years. It took ten years to make the fucking Probably, sequel. Probably, dude. Um, but uh, the, uh, I love Savini's version. I mean, I, I wouldn't have bought it if I hadn't really, really, really enjoyed it. Because, I mean, it's one of those, like I said, like the thing, it's one of those rare remakes that you actually find to be a little bit superior to the original, which is mm-hmm. odd to say, but it's very truthful. And um, Tony Todd's performance... Um, Barbara's performance. I mean, Ben, Barbara, Cooper, everybody. The late Tom Tolles did an exquisite job. I mean, everybody did a great job in this. Uh, Dwayne uh, Jones from the original. I mean, everybody are standout actors. I mean, this is a character piece. You could do this on Broadway on a stage. I mean, high schools could do this fucking script because it it lends itself to be such a strong character piece. And uh, I think that speaks volumes for the horror genre because you don't have too many films that can just really... The five characters in the room. Turn. Fifty. Uh, the original, I really did enjoy. Uh, it was. It, it's. It's a cult classic for a reason. Just because it's really good. But compared it to the remake, yeah, I've got to go with the remake more. Just the color, the little bit more gore, the special effects. I really enjoy. Even they're even if they are cheesy and crash test dummy like, uh, it just adds to it. It adds to the atmosphere. And then Tony Todd's. Just his acting. It's just you he brings you into his shoes to make you believe that you're trying to survive. And fighting, you know, another person, fighting Cooper and you know, the battle of the egos, it brings you into it. And that's something that the original you know started, but it wasn't thoroughly flushed in the rem- until the remake. And that's what I really enjoy the remake a lot more. Uh, I go back to the original every so often just to kind of rewatch it. And until I get a, a good Blu-ray copy of uh, the remake, um, just something I look for either online or on Netflix to, to really sit and enjoy. But yeah, the remake, I just find it just fun to watch. It's just a lot of fun to watch. So, you, Nate? Uh, the original, man, it's hailed as like one of the greatest fucking movies ever made for horror. Um, and I would agree with that. For the time, it's shocking that this is a 60s movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is something that's fucking unheard of. You Like, it sounds weird to say, yeah, they were eating, like, turkey legs instead of, like, you know, for special effects and shit, but it looks fucking real. I mean, it's meaty. There's chocolate syrup, yeah. It's black on screen, but it's black and white, so you you get immersed into it. You, yeah, like Psycho. You know? Yeah, like Psycho, exactly. It's a, it's a different beast. Like, if you... If I was watching it and didn't research it, I would think, okay, well, maybe this is a 70s movie, late 70s movie that didn't have uh, money for color print. Mm -hmm. But this is a 60s movie. There was only Psycho before this, and maybe a few others. I can't really fucking think of it. Really strong, hard titles. Yeah, they they weren't. This was an independent film that fucking brought something to mainstream audiences that were just shocked by this fucking movie. It touched base on our society and our culture during the Vietnam war. Like they kind of wrote this as uh, George Romero kind of wrote it with 
a comedy in mind, being funny towards like mm-hmm. it's us versus them kind of thing towards our own society, you know, segregation, the Vietnam War, all the shit that was happening in politics. And he fucking hated Nixon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this was like his big, like, it's us Fuck versus you. them yeah. to you. And then Nixon was, you know, saying how we need to not show movies like this. And this is what George Romero's response was. Um, oh, then he shows up in Futurama. They don't make them like they used to. That is a popular saying in this very fucking true. These, these old independent movies are fucking great. The first one is amazing. Hands down. I give it a nine out of 10. And that's me not being generous. The 90s version, yeah, I say it's better. It's more enjoyable just to watch. But that's because it's updated. I'm of that youth. I'm of that generation. For favoritism, yeah, I go with the 90s. But when somebody talks to me, the original, like Mm -hmm. the original is fucking iconic. It's preserved by the National Film Registry. It's fucking a different beast. So both versions are watchable. Both versions you're going to fucking enjoy. If you don't like black and white, hey, you got a fucking up-to-date 90s one. Enjoy the Jeff nap. Jeff has an extra spot on his couch. There you don't go. like black and white. He won't invite you over. No. <laughs> He's hidden. Very rare. We're in the studio, hidden somewhere in the woods under a mountain. That's right. We're in a bunker. I'm glad you brought up that it was an independent film, because that's something that always people forget. That Man, let me tell one of the truest. They really it was, don't remember It was that. an independent like I said, they fucking raised $10,000 and they were like, oh, that'll be enough. And then like within like a week, he was like, fuck, I need a lot more money. The company actually, who was like helping him shoot commercials at the time, it starts with an L. Uh, they're no longer around. It was his own production company. It was like, like a meat packing product. Yeah, yeah was like a meat packing thing. Yeah. But he was like, did like commercials for for the town he was in. Uh, so the meatpacking plant in in this Lamar pictures or linear pictures or whatever the fuck yeah. uh, raised a hundred thousand more dollars for him. Wait, did the meatpacking plant sur- supply the supply for the movie for the actual eating of no, the no, flesh? No, no, no. Yeah, it was their ham. Uh, that was their ham. There you go. Salmon. <laughs> All Tuna. tastes like salmon. Tuna. <laughs> Pork chop. Chicken um, of the sea. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of people forget that. Like a lot of people forget Halloween's an independent movie. Mm-hmm. I mean. Friday 13th. This was a time and period where you could make a fucking movie how you want to fucking make it yeah. and release it. You don't get that anymore. You have to go through so much bullshit. So many hoops to jump through. So, you know, even, even though like, oh, okay, fucking, uh, what's that uh, paranormal activity? Oh, yeah, that was that was uh, independently made. No, I got fucking a different ending. A studio took charge of it, edited it, fucking distributed it. Or, uh, blah, blah. No, I mean, to... Well, I can't speak to Paranoid TV just for a second because it was an independent film. It was $15,000 in a guy in a fucking house. Yeah. That's it started off that way. Independent. But the, the studio fucking held screenings and made him change the ending. The original ending was like some, like, uh, how did the ending go? There was, it wasn't the girl slamming into the door. It was the girl just staring at to the guy and then killing him. Yeah. Yeah, it played uh, L.A. Screen Fest. Oh my god! And then got no, she she slit her throat. Yeah, she slit, she slit her throat, her throat. as the, the cops came in after she killed the guy. Yeah, she threw yeah. him in the room, then walked in and slit her throat. Yeah, but I mean that that they were trying to remake it and they couldn't figure out a way to do it, so they originally they released it. It's I mean, true. It's true. That is <clears> independent. But you show me, dude. You you tell me to give you fifteen thousand dollars and you'll turn it to a couple of million. You have my money. 
five hundred million. Exactly. Yeah, you got my fucking money, yeah. big time. Exactly. It's just like fucking Insidious. You give me a million dollars, I'll turn into a fucking thirty million dollar fucking film. I'm like, wow. Okay. And that's important. Night of the Living Dead was one hundred fourteen thousand, and it made thirty million. That's fucking amazing. That's fucking buku bucks, bro. And that's horror. And because... what's terrible about this is, I think we touched base a little bit in a previous episode, but see George Romero does not get any of the profits from this. Yeah. No, he doesn't. And anybody with a trust fund these days can acquire the rights now that we did and make countless fucking the, pathetic fucking sequels or remakes. The original title was uh. Night of the Ghouls, and they mm-hmm. put their trademark company name on there. But when they renamed it before they released it, Night of the Living Dead, they forgot to put those trademark logos on there. Therefore, right after its run, it was public domain. It was like not even like five years later, it was public domain. So he never saw profits. The studio that distributed it got all the driving money, money, all all the the money. I just remember seeing what from like 2003 through 10. Like, there's a different DVD of Night of the Living Dead released almost every year. Oh, yeah, like, New I could make one. Every year. Yeah, so if you had the money, you could purchase the rice. Anybody yep. could. I mean, that's why there's, like, the like the regeneration, uh, the animated version. Did you see um, Regeneration or no? Yeah, I watched it. It was how, with how Sid Haig and uh, fucking what's No, no, name? I'm talking about the animated one. The, oh, the animated one. I watched parts of it. The animation was really horrible. I watched okay. the reanimation one that was with Sid Haig and... Uh, they had the, supposedly had the explanation Fucking the Jeffrey Combs. That was... Uh, 3D? No, it was just regular film. I there was a 3D version. I didn't yeah, I remember see seeing the 3D version at, like, Walmart when mm-hmm. I worked at Walmart. They I had like Because I remember Sid Haig was on the cover... Of the uh, of that regeneration, I didn't see a three D version of it then. Okay. I just saw the regular okay. like two D. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I'd run to see a three D version. <laughs> of that. But if you're uh, guessing, I mean, I think it's all buy from us. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely a buy. Both of them. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that Alamo sometime soon does a, a Rolling Road show with Night of Living Dead. I love to see it on the big screen, black white or the remake. I don't really care. That would be pretty fucking cool. Uh, I know because I, I know, never even thought of that. Because I know they, they when they would do road shows before, they'd always have like really particular movies, and they would do a setups. That way, as you're watching it, the theme and the atmosphere would play heavily into you watching the movie, like watching Jaws on like a raft or a, a floating a pool float. Uh, but yeah, they would do these amazing rolling road shows, and uh, uh, for the longest time, Evil Dead was supposed to be one of them, but it didn't happen. They put it in theaters instead, and uh, I'm hoping that in the future, with some new people taking over. Uh, like marketing, that we get a uh, Night of Living Dead. Speaking of Alamo Draft House, do you know we have one here that's 4D? Where? Uh, the one that we went to see Captain America. It's uh, North Houston. Mason or a uh, or a I don't Vintage Park? Roads, bro. A what? Vintage Park or Mason? I think it's Vintage. Katie, Park. there's one in Katie, and there's one on like yeah, the Vintage Park. They they have a 4D theater now. Mm-hmm. That's the it... shit that shakes and shoots shit at you like you. A you tombow would... one. No, 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 no. The one the in Vintage uh, Park. Vintage Park. Oh, Vintage yeah. Park. Didn't you tell me like 4D like is when like uh, the yeah, chairs the seat shakes and all that shit. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It's, they it's, have a 4D theater oh, now. That's cool. I'm like, fuck yeah. Plus there's a movie out right now that I'd like to see called The Green Room. Uh, it's got super high Patrick ratings. Stewart. Yeah. Is that not one? It's got fucking a 91 on Rotten Tomatoes for a horror film. That's good these days. That's great. It's too smart for you, bro. You done goofed. <laughs> no, dude. When I'm ready, uh, I I can't recommend Green Room enough. Um, if you have a chance, go see all this uh, directors. Uh, 
films, uh, Murder Party, and uh, did you see Green Room Ray? Fuck yeah! Oh, you did. Yeah. How was Mur- it? It's exquisite. Oh, fuck <laughs> uh, Murder Party and um, and Blue Ruin. I can't recommend those two films enough, but it's it's uh, awesome. I don't know. It's a Murder Party. Is it the one with the, like the Halloween costume thing, yeah. where the guy dresses up in the cardboard robot yeah. or Night? Night. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That one. That one was really good. Mm. Yeah, I want to go see it. Yeah. I just saw the fucking poster for it. And I was like, "What the fuck?" No, no, no. I'm waiting. I'm I'm ready to go see Shane Black's uh, "The Nice Guys." Yeah, I'm, I'm geared yeah. up to go see that. But that's another kind of podcast. But for another story, for another time. Yeah. So, this is Jeff. This is Aaron. This is Nathan. And from all of us to all of you, keep it scary. <laughs>